Hello, and welcome to the Sound Up Seattle podcast. I am your host, Tyler Cartwright. And I'm John Carey. And we are here to talk about Seattle sports, specifically the Kraken and the Mariners and how they've been doing the Kraken in their recent playoff push uh, and the Mariners in their recent trying to get to 500 push. And Tyler's going to give us some overview, and if you need me, I'll be dangling from a bedsheet in my room. Yeah, let's just rip off the Band-Aid. Go for it. Since um, we last talked, the series was tied uh, two... Or sorry, we were losing in the series. Oh no, we were tied... It was tied 1-1 last time we talked. Last time we talked. And since then, we won a game very handily. And then we lost two games very unhandily. We were down 3-2. Correct. Yeah, it yes. was 2-1. Or 1-1. Um, <laughs> some score. Some scores. Um... None of the games have been particularly close. Because of that, I'm not sure any of the games have been all that interesting to outside viewers. Um, but it, it's been disappointing. That game three, Kraken came out and just really smacked Colorado around. Mm-hmm. Scored seven goals, I believe. I, I think, think it was we won five in a period. Yeah. And then proceeded to lose the next two games by multiple goals, allowing empty net goals in both of them. So speaks to our desperation level. Always but, fun. Yeah. And it hasn't been great. It was the uh, highest highs to the lowest lows. Yeah, I would... Uh, we, we should also bring up that McCann is back. I believe he came back. Was it... In game In game three? Four? Game, or game three? four. Game three or four. Maybe in four. Um, where they looked great in three, but if, if they did come back in four, that's kind of a bad sign to have McCann back and I lose think, two straight by a large number of goals. I think he did come back in four. And you're right. It's Ironically... Our defense hasn't been great. Grubauer's still been really good, but I feel like they've just been getting really good shots at goal. Um, and our offense has kind of petered out. And obviously he came back to bolster our offense. He was our leading goal scorer in the regular season. And yeah, it is nice having him not concussed, but simultaneously somebody hit him in the head with something, you know? <laughs> I think this is something to think about is like, is the... Does does the team feel like they're trying to feed him to get him back up to like to too speed much, at all? Too much. And you know, yeah, relying too much on his play coming back from injury. Um, yeah, maybe even the dynamic of like when you have your number one scorer come back. Obviously, in hockey, we were just talking about today, the scoring is a little more homogenized around the team than you would expect. You know, it's not like NBA where the number one guy is scoring like twice as much as the fourth guy. Can't you believe know? you just used the word homogenized. Sorry, for our listeners, that means similar to one another. (laughs) Um, But uh, in hockey, I do feel like it's more of like a linear curve of scoring, you know, from the end of the bench to the starters. And I think what I'm worried about is that in getting our number one guy back, instead of focusing on the just like really carefree, you know, freedom of movement. Yeah, free-flowing. Attacking the goal kind of offense we were playing. Yeah, maybe they are. Like, okay, the guy is back. Let's get him the puck and let him work. And he's like, uh, when's my birthday? Because he was just concussed, okay? (laughs) He suffered a traumatic brain injury. Let's not be too harsh to the guy. But, uh, yeah, the offense is petered. Yeah. Um, 
all that is to say we're still in it it's it's three two three two thank goodness um, i was thinking about that today it's like how disastrous would this be if it was three two but it's not it, it, we're three two coming home yeah and if we win win uh, i believe it's going to be saturday yes because we are recording this right after game five yes um, we will be favored in the game on saturday yeah. in seattle and if we win on I saturday know. i don't know that we'll be favored but uh, it'll it, be close it, yeah having the home advantage should yeah. be nice and if we win to force game seven We've seen this cracking team really good on the road. I'm not terrified of going to play in Dallas. We've won in Dallas already. So, yeah, believe it or not, game six will be a very big game. <laughs> believe it or not, every game now is a very big game. Correct. But I think if we win game six, I like our chances in game seven. I'm honestly more worried about game six. Yeah, I I, I would actually agree with that. I, th- I feel like it's either going to be like a really great six and seven where we could come back and have two really good games or we just get blown out. Um which would suck. Okay, a little bit of one of my favorite segments we do on the show. It's called John's Nonsense Corner. <laughs> it's where I completely make up a statistic just based on my feeling and my heart, you know? I would bet you that when a team is down 3-2 going into game six, I bet you the percentage of the time that teams win game six and then also win game seven, that game seven win there's a higher percentage of that than there is them winning game six. I gotcha. Did, I, I, did you follow that yeah. at all? They're For those more of you likely, that didn't understand, yeah. if a team wins game six, whichever team that is, is more likely to win game seven, is what John is saying. Correct. So if 30% of the teams win game six, and 70% of the time they lose and the series is over, then of that 30%, you know, 45% of the time they win game seven. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's my take. Are there facts behind it? Absolutely not. Just gut reaction feeling by John. But should you take it as gospel truth? Also, yes. I have a really good feeling about this one, okay? So, John's nonsense corner. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like having that once once per episode where you just spit out something that you're feeling just randomly about any, any sport at all. I've always got a list of completely made-up statistics running through my brain, so I've got lots to go on. Um... Continuing off the Kraken discussion, has Grubauer, in your in your eyes, been? In, I guess I could just phrase this the way that I want to say it, and you can respond. Um, Grubauer hasn't been that good in this round of the playoffs. Objection! Leading question. <laughs> the defense wants that comment dismissed from the record. Um, I get what you're saying. I think I do disagree. I think Grubauer has been awesome, and I think our defense has been bad. What are your thoughts? Well, so thinking about just purely save uh, percentage, uh, the what was it the, the Dallas goalie Ottinger has has played really well. I think he's got a Ottinger's higher save percentage, awesome. um, but he's he's one of the best goalies in hockey. Well, yeah, and I would say Grubauer had an amazing first series against uh, the Avalanche, and he's had some really good games for us here against Dallas as well. I, well, I think it was those first ones, and now he's kind of like recently fallen off. And I'm not saying we should replace him or anything like that, but it hasn't feels like he's been hasn't felt like he's made as big of an impact um, in these last few games as he had as he has the rest of the playoffs. Okay, I, what you're saying about how you're feeling the impact, I completely agree. I think the reason is our defense was playing okay the first couple games, and Grubauer was on one. He was on a heater. I think he is still playing some elite goalkeeping, and our defense has been atrocious. I, I watching the game today. I still feel like he had a couple nice, really nice saves, but he was also just being given a ton of shots directly at the net with guys on like both sides of him. 
they were not like playing through a set defense because our defense was nowhere to be found. See, but I would disagree. The, we talked about it. That first period, they scored two goals in four shots when we started watching the game. We missed those first two goals. They yeah. did score two goals in four shots. That is probably and they they had goals. like ten less shots than we did the, that game. Like it wasn't it wasn't really close in terms of shots. That's tough. And you know, I think Ottinger is good, and he made us look. He, he's worse. making Grubauer look worse. That's it, for sure. That's fair. It's a tough comparison, and. What you're saying is fair. Defense plays a role in the quality of shots. Yes. But statistically, Grubauer has been worse than he was the first couple games. The first couple games he was playing, like, out of his body. Um, I am still very pleased with his play. I've been very displeased with our defensive sets. But you're right. Grubauer has been worse. Thank you. I just wanted to hear that I was right, really. Yeah. Now you've bummed all the cracking fans. <laughs> Congratulations. How good does it feel to be right? Oh, it feels great, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to something less depressing. Yeah, a not, little bit less depressing. Not not depressing at all, just less depressing. <laughs> and that is the continued contradiction that is the Seattle Mariners season. God, yes. That's the, that's the perfect word to describe it. Because let me just tell you, the Mariners pitching has been the best statistically in Major League Baseball. Number, number one. I said that before the season started. You remember? I said that. Numero uno. I don't, is it on tape? I don't remember. I think I said that. I'm pretty sure you... Oh, yeah, buddy? <laughs> you're misquoting one of my quotes. I said they're the best. But I said it like DJ you know what else? You know what else happened? I said, the Rangers aren't bad. And you said, the Rangers are awful. The Rangers are so bad, man. It's like... They're ever, 23 and 14. You ever see a cow jump over the moon? Okay. It's improbable. But it happens. But it happens, yeah. <laughs> and it does not mean that cows are super athletic, okay? Texas sucks. Their team is bad. It's full of players that can't hit, that are hitting 300, okay? Yeah, Texas has the highest team batting average. Correct. They have the most runs scored. I was just looking at it. Highest like, runs per game. They have five guys batting 300, and I don't know any of their names. That's because you don't follow baseball, my guy. They're scrubs. All of them are scrubs. <laughs> tell me, Tell me their names. They're a bunch of middle school teachers. Is it Josh Young? Josh Young? It's Frank Smith, <laughs> Janny Smith, Ebenezer Smith. Is this part of John's nonsense corner? <laughs> I'm even more confident about this one. Well, there's an Ebenezer Smith on that team. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, yeah, Texas is playing decent baseball, I guess. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Twice a day. Two twenty-fourths of the time. So, it'll turn around. You know what? You know what else is that that uh, that analogy is in reference to? A clock one second behind is never right. That is the Mariners right now. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> wow, look at that. Ooh, this man was born to podcast. That's all I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sorry. I kind of interrupted you. They have the best best pitching in baseball. So why aren't they number one? If they have the best pitching in baseball. Well, you see, there's there's in fact. Two, some would argue three sides to baseball. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. There are two. <laughs> Pitching and hitting. And uh, the Mariners are, or have been, piss poor recently. Hitting oh my wise. goodness. Children, cover your ears. <laughs> but also, yeah, they suck. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's the whole team. Like, yeah, the team batting average has been like 230 or was 230 oh, for the month of April. That's so bad. It's so bad. Um, the Rangers... Applebee's squad. They're all <laughs> Applebee's waiters. I swear to God, every one of them. They're hitting like 300 as a team. 
Um, now recent, so obviously I said in April, recently Ty France has been good. JP's been amazing over the last little Great. bit of time. God, JP is our, our rock of Gibraltar. He's our Northern light. Oh, actually this, this is something we didn't discuss before the podcast, but we should probably, you know, plan ahead right now, but we should talk about that game on Saturday. Cause we were there. We watched one of the greatest oh, comebacks in Mariners history. That's right. One of the loudest nights at T-Mobile Park of all we'd, time. We'd had a couple beers at that point. I, <laughs> Was trying to read the names on the jerseys. Um, no, that was an amazing game. So we, yeah, we saw game two against the Astros. Yeah. Um, obviously, they lost game one, and they they, they were down three zip in the eighth inning, mm-hmm. and they scored seven runs in the eighth. Am I remembering with that right? two outs? Yeah. With yeah, that's right. With two outs, that was a great game. That was a lot of fun. The first couple runs was like improbable, and then after that, we were just having just, a party. Yeah. And they were doing a good job, too. They didn't come all at once. They were feeding us, like, one run at a time. Yeah. So the crowd was able to really savor each one. I don't think we, we scored all seven runs with uh, without a home run, I believe. Oh, that's so great. Those are my favorite stretches yeah, just, where you're just batting guys in. The crookedest of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No dingers. Um, but, yeah, so that was a really great sign. And the other note from that is, like... That was a good sign, yeah. JP had the had the clutch hit to tie the game. Correct. Bases yeah. loaded double. Um, Jose Caballero had a nice, I think it was a double to score two. Um, Taylor Jamel had a great walk, but like, it wasn't anything big from like Julio or Jared or even Gino or I don't, I don't know that, what Teoscar did. I don't, can't remember what he did. Um, but it was the like, supposedly, I, I, I guess the word that I can think of right now is not very good players, but the, the people you would not expect to, uh, to be coming up clutch in those moments. Not the top of the lineup. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, and so with that, the fact that we are currently, I think it's 17 and 18 or 18 and 19, 18 and 19 right now. Um, and nice coming back. We were, I think like 15 and 18 last we talked. Yeah. Yeah. So they're on a nice stretch. They swept the athletics, took two out of three against Houston. Let's go. That's what it, we can be 60 and a hundred. And if we win <laughs> two out of three at Houston every time, it'll be a winning season every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say that like our offense, like Teoscar and Julio are two like biggest preseason expected contributors. Consistent offensive output guys. Have not produced in any way. They've been bad. Julio has been very disappointing. Julio has been very disappointing. Teoscar is striking out at a 44% clip. He's been in a lot of commercials, man. He's got beautiful eyes. I'm worried about him. (laughs) I'm worried about his eyes him. just getting getting faded by the cameras flashing in his eyes. Correct, mascara's coming. Um, but yeah, so our two our two biggest expected contributors haven't been good, um, and that can lead to just poor run production, especially when they're hitting you know one and five in your lineup. Like yeah, it's just pretty bad. And it is worth noting that while still playing very well, Kelnick has slowed down. He's not going to actually hit 160 home runs this year. I'm sorry, guys. We were, we, were all, all, we were all on it. We were all holding out for it. Maybe it'll be more like 120. We'll have to wait and see. But he has slowed down, and he was a big part of our offense during the last couple months. So, yeah, we're going to have to find out how to generate runs. The pitching has been phenomenal. You want to talk about the pitching? Let's talk about something yeah, positive. Yeah, let's, let's move positive. How's our uh, how's our rookie call-up been doing? Has he been uh, performing? Oh, you mean Bryce Miller, the man who's pitched, I believe, 15 innings, given up one run with an ERA of like .65 or something? Yeah, how's he doing? <laughs> He's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, his outing against the Astros was amazing. Um, obviously, he, he the didn't A's bat was for a, us. Who was batting in the game we were at? 
Or batting. Who was pitching? Pitching. Uh, that was a Marco game. Oh, the Marco, Marco. Thank you. Yeah. Former um, Zag Marco. God, you just love bringing up the Zags. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am trying to avoid them. Um, Sorry. He had a really good start against the Astros. But yeah, he's just... I think we our pitching has looked amazing, even with the loss of Robbie Ray and Andres Munoz, who's out, I believe, for another four to eight, six weeks with some sort of flexor strain. Rest in peace, Robbie Ray. If you guys would like to donate to... Uh, <laughs> A charity to support Robbie's family. Um, find the find the link in the uh, description. Um, we should all gather around the rays in these in these. Please don't say link in the description. You don't have anything to do with the description. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and put a link in that description, would you, Tyler? Should I make it be your Venmo? Is that <laughs> John's money for Robbie <laughs> at Venmo.com. Um, but no, yeah, the Mariners' pitching has been amazing with with despite those absences. Um, the one person I may highlight that hasn't been doing as good as we thought he would is Luis Castillo. He started off really hot, mm. um, and the last four games he's pitched, he has not had a quality start, which is the longest streak he's had as a Mariner mm. ever. Yeah, he's been struggling. I am not worried about him. I'm not either. Yeah, he's so good. I also feel like he, he's what we in the business call a inverse Robbie Ray. He gets better as the year goes on, you know? <laughs> I feel like this is the time of year I expect the least from Castillo. Yeah, he's just kind of getting ready. I know he didn't yeah. pitch much in spring training. Yeah, I think when September rolls around, that's when he'll be pitching his best. And yeah, he is struggling right now. Like you said, his worst start in, in a stretch as a Mariner. So that's not just the beginning of the year syndrome. But uh, yeah, the fact I'm like the fact that he's our like wily vet. I'm not worried about him. I'm so glad that it's our young bucks that are kind of carrying the day. Those are the guys that if they were struggling, it's like, okay, do we have something real here? But it's not. It's our vet who we believe in who's struggling, and all the young guys are throwing smoke. Yeah. Um, I think we're at a good stopping point to take a little little breather. Oh, thank God. I know. You've been talking for so long, buddy. <sighs> Carrying this podcast is exhausting. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Yoda Brand Backpacks. Are you a backseat driver? But are you tired of only backseat driving when you're in the car? Do we have the product for you? With the Yoda Brand Backpack, you can get on the back of anybody that you want and tell them exactly where to go and what to do. It's a product that any narcissistical control freak would enjoy. I think this is something that would be good for you, Tyler. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> I think you get a lot of use out of it. All right, let's continue our discussion on Mariners pitching and uh, just, like, how good it's been. Um, it has been so rock solid. So we did, we're coming off a three-game series with uh, the Texas Rangers, the best, worst team in baseball. Yes, and uh, the Mariners pitching gave up six runs over three games to the team... John refuses to admit it, but the team with the best, uh, the the you know most runs per game out of any team in the MLB right now, um, they gave up six runs in three games. That's amazing. You gave up two runs per game. You should win. You should probably win all three. You yeah. should at least win two. Yeah. But and the hitting has been atrocious. And what it really is, it's been inconsistent. So we gave up six runs in three games. In those three games, we scored nine runs. So we won a majority of those games, right? <laughs> No, we lost one to two, won five to zero, lost three to four. So we're losing close and we're winning big. I think we were talking about that earlier this season when our win loss was even more in the tank, that we were still in the positive plus minus in terms of run differential. Um, 
So the trend a, continues. Yeah, the trend continues. This is a team that wins big and loses close, which I guess is an encouraging sign or a very discouraging sign. Well, I would say it's it's encouraging in the fact that they've been good at it the last two years. They've been the team with the best one-run win, or like the most one-run win. God, that's hard to say. Most one-run wins. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Piper. Um, in in the MLB in the last two seasons. And so to come out really not guns a-blazing... In that regard. In that regard, has uh, has diminished their their standings. Much like Luis Castillo, we can count on that bouncing back a bit as the year goes on. Yeah, I think, you know, law of averages. We won't be the best team, likely, uh, by the end of the season in terms of one-run wins. But uh, we should still be, you know, we should expect to be average, and in that case we'll win, we'll win more than we lose the rest of the way. Um... Just for the record, uh, four of the seven best teams in the American League are the Baltimore Orioles, the Boston Red Sox, the Detroit Tigers, and the Texas Rangers. So I'm not sure how much I trust the top of the AL yet. I'm just going to say it. What I'm learning is we need to learn about strikeouts in terms of reducing them from Javi Baez of the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is a machine. He, he must be their best player. Um, still just don't trust the top of the AL. That's all. Don't trust it. Keep betting on them if you like people. I'm just saying, at some point, it's coming back. Yeah. I mean... You know who's bad this year? The Boston Red Sox. They you think have, so? They have no pitching. They have no, no, pitching. They they have have no, no pitching. pitching. Yeah. They have mediocre hitting. Yeah. The league's weird this year. Well, I mean, every AL East team is above 500. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. I think the Yankees are in last at, like, 20 and 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, So, all things considered... We're looking all right. I think we'd still be in like second place if we were in the AL Central. So that'll that'll tell you what it is. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're expecting we're expecting things to continue at, at a good level. I think Julio showed really promising signs. He got moved down to sixth yesterday on Wednesday. Um, is that promising? Promising in the sense that he went like two for four, or maybe one for three with a walk. But he got on base, and he, his at bats looked way better than they had previously when he struck out in four at-bats of four as a leadoff hitter. You don't <laughs> want that. You do not want that. Um, leadoff's a tough spot. A lot of pressure on the leadoff guy. I think Julio's putting a lot of pressure on himself, and that might be something for um, an emotional talk for Julio to have with somebody instead of just, like, Put me in a room with him. being better. I'll talk him down. No, he just <laughs> needs some coaching up. Um, but, yeah, his approach hasn't been amazing. Teoscar's approach has been horrendous. His whiff percentage, I think his chase percentage is around, like, 40. So, like... But he's watching a lot of Javi Baez tape. <laughs> he's looking like Javi Baez right now. <laughs> but boy, is he ripping it. <laughs> Bats live in fear of Teoscar. Um, another note that I that I heard while listening to the the broadcast today, um, is that Matt Brash. So Matt Brash hasn't been good supposedly, um, over the last little bit, um, but his BABIP which is batting average on balls in play. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Batting average on balls in play. Yeah, BABIP. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, it's anything that's not a strikeout, basically. Anything that that the batter puts the ball in play. Um, So typically you see that hovering around 300. Um, It's sitting above 500 for Matt Brash right now. I don't understand. Does that mean he's doing a good job of hitting away from the defense? Is that what you're saying? I think, yeah, the batter's hitting against Matt Brash. Sorry, Matt Brash is a reliever. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's like, oh, Matt Brash. He get called up? 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah. So his he's giving up a lot of like contact, but and you know, generally he should be getting more outs with that contact that he is producing. I see. Um, he's he's ne- not necessarily popping people out. Yeah. So it's been he's been he's had a little bit of unlucky an unlucky stretch, and people are calling for his uh, his name on Twitter, of course, as Mariners Twitter does. How do they know it? <laughs> Um, so I think we'll see, we'll see some, some numbers in terms of like ERA and, you know, battery, you know, people getting on base with Matt Brash. Um, those will, those will reduce and we'll kind of get back to even because this start of the season has been statistically just kind of pretty wild for all the Mariners in terms of a lot of high, high numbers in areas where you wouldn't have expected them like strikeout percentage and whiff percentage and things like that. Sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got, you got That's no argument. You. you brought up B- Babip, and I'm I'm out. <laughs> I'm going right to the peanut gallery. <laughs> well, with that, we can uh, close out on the the sad discussion. I think. Are you Are you okay with that? Yeah. Let's Let's talk some NBA. That'll cheer me up. <laughs> God, I'm really having a won't... bad day, people. Yeah. I can't believe we have to record today. <laughs> Every one of these sections is just miserable. Because it's because you couldn't record yesterday. I should have recorded yesterday. <laughs> So in the NBA, we're recording on the night of May 11th, Thursday. The Suns have been eliminated in devastating fashion for the second year in a row, um, continuing their trend of, of having good, hard-fought series in which they completely fold in the last game, which makes them look way worse than they are. They're playing good in these series, but they're just uh, losing badly in the last game. Just give me a three-point loss to end the year. Yeah, something can, where it felt like a challenge so to the other team. I can go home with my head held high. I'm just, I feel such shame. As you should. Uh, Celtics tied it up with uh, Philadelphia today. I almost said Houston. Well, whoever James Harden is carrying <laughs> these days. Um, uh, felt like an interesting game. It felt like it was a pretty back and forth game and the Celtics just kind of won at the end, I will say. It kind of felt like what the Celtics fans have kind of been clamoring for all series, where... They played poorly, and the game was close, and at the end of the game, they kind of just took care of business, which yeah. is, in normally, they've been playing poorly and then blowing it at the end. Did you see on Twitter Jason Tatum's quote after the game where they were like, because he, he had, he was like one for 17 or 14 or whatever. And then he hit three And then he had like the three end. threes yeah. in, the, in the fourth. And at the end, they were like, how does it feel to like come back after that? And he goes, humbly, I'm one of the best basketball players in the world. <laughs> 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 no offense but screw you <laughs> that's funny i like that I thought that was great honestly that's like just really good confidence by jason tatum there i like jason tatum uh booker was ready to pull ahead in the booker tatum argument and then tonight happened and things really flipped yeah i don't i don't think tatum really came came around on that no. you, you can still get back to booker he, he was four of 17 from the field but uh yeah, good for good for the Boston. I think they're in the driver's seat. They're going to have to blow it to lose Game Seven, but don't it's count them possible. out. They've been blowing games left and right this postseason, so uh, we'll see there. Um, Miami against New York. Nobody cares. They're both bad. The games have been miserable. Anything bad? Is it three two? Uh, I think Miami was up three one, so I think it's three, a three two, two now. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I don't really. I don't really. I don't really care. Whoever, whoever comes out of the series is going to get smacked by the Celtics. Or the Sixers, I think. I was going to say, I think the Celtics might have a tough time with either team. Just because I just don't... I don't 
like I see New York giving them a challenge, and then I see Jimmy Butler, and I'm like, oh, Jimmy Butler's the best player left on the Eastern Conference side. Yeah, I'm not sure either team has the size to defend Embiid. They both have really That's talented true. offensive, or sorry, defensive centers in Bam and Mitch Robinson, but I think we saw like against Nick Claxton on Brooklyn. That was a really talented defensive five who was undersized. Yeah, and I think Embiid just Embiid eats. is a large man. Yeah, he, however big you think he is, he's bigger. Like. <laughs> Like grizzly bear size, <laughs> if you see him play dead. Um, yeah, I think he's a full seven two, and like close to three hundred pounds. I just I don't want to mess with him. Being. What are you um, talking about? You said your post game is really refined. Oh, it's really refined. Like I could take, I could take Bam. Like don't get me wrong. <laughs> Bam's athletic, but I could work him a little bit. Joel's more like a brick wall. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know what it takes to get through that. Um, no, but. Anyway, yeah, like Nick Claxton on Brooklyn, I think Embiid just eats up undersized big, even if they're defensive specialists. Yeah, you have to double him, really, is what it is. Yeah, so I do agree with you. Either one of them is kind of a better matchup for Boston because both of them have good defensive wings to throw at Tatum and Brown and can potentially work in their sets. But we will see. I don't really think either one of them would have a chance against Boston. You know what would be interesting? This just popped into my head, but a Davis versus Embiid battle of, like, centers <laughs> wow you know it'd be so much more interesting a Jokic Embiid battle <laughs> no because I'm, I'm why thinking, would you pick I'm thinking, Davis I'm thinking purely defensively I'm sorry that's yes that's fully wrong but it's I was thinking two MVPs yeah I was thinking just like purely defensively like oh Davis versus Embiid that would be like great because Embiid's entire game plan is getting fouled and Davis won't foul him he is very good at not fouling that would be a good matchup I think Davis would kind of get eaten up. I think people just kind of get eaten up by Embiid. You know, it's possible. Um, I could be wrong about but that. But I would. I think Jokic versus Embiid would also be also be great. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. Honestly, I think Davis Embiid is a better matchup for Davis than Jokic Davis, which I think we will likely get. Um, I think the way that Jokic plays is pretty indefensible. Um, not in the he's a horrible person way. Um, <laughs> Well, that's, what, is, that's what I thought. <laughs> he is a horrible person for beating my sons, but Jokic is really good. Damn, he's really good. Sons fought valiantly. They're undermanned. They're short-staffed. They're like a 2023 restaurant, just trying to stay afloat, you know? <laughs> um, next year will be the year for them. I'm bummed, but life goes on. Denver is really good. They are very talented. They look like the best team in the NBA yeah. left right now. I've heard. I feel like I've heard a lot of people like ringer folks and like Zach Lowe and just like people that vote on MVP all kind of be like, yeah, Jokic deserved it, but, or sorry, Embiid deserved it, but Jokic is the best player in basketball. Yeah. Um, he's so flipping good, man. Tonight was his third 30 point triple double in this yeah, series. He averaged a triple double in the series. In the series against the Sun. He also dropped a 53 point and 11 assist game. And he also dropped a 27, 17, and 17 game. Um, he's pretty good at basketball. He's, he's pretty decent. <laughs> he, he's got the fundamentals down. I'll give him that. Um, I don't think I could take him. I don't think <laughs> I could take him. Uh, moving to that last series that we haven't actually talked about yet, which is the Warriors-Lakers. Um, yeah, yeah. How do we feel about that? I mean, we watched that one last night and kind of, we talked about it a little bit today. Um yeah, how do we feel looking at looking at it? Apologies to the, my LA listeners. I hate the Lakers. I I don't hate LeBron. Don't hate Austin Reeves. Don't hate Anthony Davis. 
roster is pretty likable. Darvin Ham seems like a good guy. I hate the Lakers. I hate the yellow, the stupid yellow purple jerseys that they wear. I hate everything about them. So and I'm their stupid faces. I'm biased, just fundamentally. Um, I feel like they've gotten really lucky. I feel like the games they've won, things have just kind of gone their way. Lonnie Walker scored like 15, 15 straight yeah. for them in that last game, which like kept them hanging in it. The Warriors were up like two to six that whole stretch. Lonnie Walker just kept hitting shots. Hanging around and hanging around. What are you saying with that accent? That's uh, what's his name? Schroeder, Mister KGB and Rounders, John Malkovich. Nobody. Matt Damon, Poker. <laughs> Great movie. You need oh, to watch I gotcha. It. I actually think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just hanging out, and then they pulled it out at the end. They had a couple other wins that came down to the last couple minutes, and they've won the close games. Maybe they're really clutch. Or maybe they're lucky. Who am I to say? But the jerseys look dumb, and Jack Nicholson looks like a corpse, so... This may be a hot take, uh, and this is weird coming from me, I feel like, but I like the Lakers more than the Warriors right now. Like, I really uh, don't like the Warriors. Oh my god, my heart. As, like, a team. Call 911. End the podcast. I need help. I, it, and I don't... I, I was gonna ask you this. I literally thought about this today while I was driving home. I was like, why... Why do I not like the Warriors? Because Could you tell me why? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, one, people don't like teams that win a lot. They just the more time goes on, if you're not from the Bay Area, you're gonna start to not like them. That's fundamental, and it's okay. You also don't like that Draymond Green is an ass. But see, okay, here's the thing. I was watching that game yesterday, and he was playing great defense. Like yeah. he's an he's an ass, but I was like, there's nothing wrong with his game. Really, he's just like a trash talker. Draymond Green is an excellent basketball player. Probably the second best player on that team the second best like championship performer on that team but he is an ass yeah also jordan Poole decided he doesn't like basketball anymore and clay thompson are you sure he just does it's not that he just doesn't like draymond green (laughs) (laughs) there's always that too and clay thompson decided that he's too old to really play but he still wants to act like he's like 26 and so it's really just steph trying to carry these guys and you know steph is probably from like the number one Steph Curry fan on the planet probably the least likable he's been in a while just in terms of like he's kind of trying to carry this group and because of that and because he knows he has to carry them he's playing a little more ball hoggy hoisting up some bad shots at the end of games getting really frustrated all understandable but just not necessarily the fun-loving free-flowing Steph that we're used to so yeah I don't think this Warriors team has been super fun I would and this may be like a kind of call outy towards Steph, but like I think he's been like fun lovey, fun loving, but it's been a lot more like not about the game of basketball to me sometimes when he like makes his shots. It seems like he's like really pointing at the crowd, like trying to get himself motivated to like sure. keep going. Sure. Um you can have that and that's hundred percent true. He is also like the single most unselfish superstar. I know. And I don't I think this is just me not liking the Warriors right now for some reason. And, but that's like what it's felt like. And but and so you're not wrong. I just to clarify, Steph Curry's like an all time teammate. Yeah. And like And I, I don't disagree. I I believe that hundred yeah. percent. If you're building your Space Jam team, you want him on it because of his greatness and his unselfishness. But you know, his most iconic moment from this playoff by far was him taking the most shots he's taken in his entire career in a Game 7. And it's because he had to. Once again, credit to him. 
he did what had to be done to win that game. But uh, it is not the Steph we're used to watching. Quite literally, he's hucking it more than he ever has. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they've not been super fun to watch. Do they wear stupid purple and yellow jerseys on their chest? No. So I like them more than the other team. What's crazy is the the, the stupid purple and yellow jerseys have a Gonzaga Bulldog. They do. I love Rui. I love all these Lakers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a LeBron guy. I think he's better than Michael. I'd, I'd take him. Love AD. We'll have a podcast about that sometime soon. We should. We should. Still rocking the unibrow. Brave. Brave Anthony Davis. Um, Lonnie Walker, I think, is kind of a prick. But don't ask me. Ask the San Antonio Spurs. They released him. Um, but I do. I like this team. Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. A bunch of just dudes you know yeah austin reeves i love that the lakers just like pull a white guy from the crowd every like three years and he becomes like a legitimate nba role player (laughs) no yeah i think i think just getting so and this might be a thing that has recently happened for me because i honestly wasn't that into the nba until probably we started living together a couple years ago I have that um, effect on people. Yeah, you do just sit around and watch NBA basketball all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to practice your craft, baby. There's a reason I can take Anthony Davis in the post. It's because I watch tape. <laughs> um, but it might be just like the recency of coming in, knowing that this team has been great and not really having seen their ascension. It's like coming into basketball and just like, oh, this one team has been great for so long. It feels like that should end. Yeah. Are you talking about Golden State right now? Yeah. Just like comparing comparing them to like like I'm sure if somebody came into the to watching NBA in two, or the NBA in 2004, they were like, oh fuck the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100 percent what it's like, and it's also yeah. it's kind of like watching that like amazing racehorse that's like three years past its prime and still like just hanging in there, but like having to play a little dirtier and having to play a little scrappier just to like stay in it, you know. Last year was so triumphant for the Warriors. That's really the only way to describe it. It yeah. was like this total, we've been out of it for a couple of years, dealing with all these injuries, basically these like post-dynasty injuries, and people counted us out, and we took it this year, and we won. And it was this, particularly for Steph, this really self-gratifying, triumphant moment. And then this year, it's like, oh, can they do it again? And it's like, I think that's kind of an unfair expectation. It's like, no, guys... They just did it. That was it. That was them telling us that they were like the best team of the 2010s. Yeah. Now we need to let them go to sleep, you know? <laughs> um, and Steph is still like, no, I'm not considered one of the greatest players of all time. I'm just the best point guard of all he, time. He might have to move teams for that because I don't think, see things getting better for this Warriors team. Yeah. Are they going to pay Clay? Are they going to pay Draymond? Can they afford to let those guys go? Like, they're kind of stuck in this no-win situation. Um, and if they don't win again for the next decade, nobody will feel bad for them because they've won four. Exactly. Um, and they've got a really bad pool contract. We're getting yeah. really into the Warriors. I'm sorry. This was like no, 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 my discussion, this, but I, I guess this is the NBA. This talk that we wanted. And this is kind of what the conversation is right now. It's like, okay, Nuggets are the one seed. They are who we thought they were. Boston, Philly, we'll see. Nobody cares about Heat Knicks. Once again, to any Heat Knicks fans listening... Sorry, not sorry. Nobody cares who wins your series, okay? Okay, I think what we should do is predict the rest of the the rest of the playoffs, how they're going to go. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. I'll so participate. You, so, we've got Nuggets winning. Correct. Who's going to win Lakers-Warriors? Lakers. Lakers are going to win that game. 
Um, are they going to win in six or seven? They're going to win in six. They're okay, so the Lakers are going to close it out their next game. Okay. Yeah. Um, who's going to win that series, Nuggets-Lakers? Uh, oh, Nuggets-Lakers. Uh, I think Nuggets will crush them. I think Nuggets win in five. Nuggets win in five, the gentleman sweep. Okay, Nuggets coming out of the West. I think we're both in agreement on that. Let's move to the East. We've got Celtics-Sixers. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's coming out of that? We've got a three-three series now. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be it should be the Celtics. Like even at three-three, if the Celtics lose this game, it'll be a pretty huge disappointment. They've been all over the place, and they need to get their stuff together and win this year. They I, need to do it. I think this is like, as crazy as it sounds, this is like the year for Harden and Embiid. It, it is absolutely their chance. And I think they're old. Like I think, like looking at like the narrative of the NBA. Obviously, the Celtics are young. They have like a, a longer, I, I'm going to use a Mariners term here, but a longer crest. Like there's still the opportunity for them to win a championship in the next Correct. few years. Yeah, The Sixers are like in it to win it now, and they need to. Yes. Um, and for that, I think they're like purely for the storyline, I think the Sixers have got this one in the bag. I like that take. And, and you are right in that like this is Embiid and Harden's time, and if it's not now, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. And you're right that the Celtics have more time. But because this Celtics team started getting into these situations so early, I think 2018 or 2019 was when they made their first conference finals with Tatum and, B, or Tatum and Brown during that Kyrie season where he got hurt. Um, that I don't think they can... I think storyline-wise, this is their fourth or fifth conference finals in the last six years. They've made it to an NBA Finals and lost. They need to get there and win. Like, if Embiid and Harden had been here four times already, I think the pressure would be on them. But they're kind of already a feel-good story at this point. It's like, oh, look how far we made it. You know, Philly's never made it to a conference finals with this group before. Um, If the Celtics lose again, I just feel like the vibes there are going to be very bad, and we might see some major players potentially moved. Yeah. So... But I respect it. So you're calling Philly. Um, I'm calling Philly. I think nobody cares who wins Heat Knicks. From wait, now I... on, we're calling them the Neat or the Hicks, whatever you prefer. But it'll just be whoever comes out of that. They're well, the same but team. who do you think's gonna win? Uh, probably the probably the Hicks. We're gonna pull pull it out. I think. Okay. No, I'll I go think... with the Neat. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. I think I'll take the Heat. Um, Jimmy Buckets, give it to me. Yeah, I would love to see Jimmy Butler against the Sixers. That would be a fun yeah. series. And so would Knicks against the Sixers. Because really, I think the reason nobody cares about Heat-Knicks, other than Heat's fans and Knicks fans, is because in terms of like vibes... Which is like one of our audience, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. In terms of vibes, they're like the same team. Yeah, they're both. I would like agree, actually. Yeah. The rough, scrappy underdog, but don't count them out because they play physical and have some ballers. It's like They're kind of just the same team. Sorry, guys. We don't care who wins. Whoever comes out will put up a good series against either Philly or Boston. So I think it'll be I think it'll be Nuggets against Celtics. Celtics, and I think the Nuggets win. And I think this Jalen Brown says, "Screw this! I'm going back to LA." And so he promptly signs with Oklahoma City to start working his <laughs> way west. He begins the the journey. It's called the Paul the Paul George Trail. <laughs> You start east and stop in Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook followed on the same trail. It's, <laughs> it's getting wider. There's more footsteps. Underrated, Kevin Durant technically blazed the trail, but people don't attribute it to him. It's, it's really the Paul George trail. Um, if Paul George is, is, is Captain Clark, then Kevin Durant is Sacagawea. 
Showed him the way. He showed him the way through the mountains, but he doesn't get any of the credit. I like that. Not really, but I understand it. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's forty-five minutes. Do you want? Why don't you give your finals pick, and we can wrap up? Yeah, uh, I like, I like Sixers, um, Sixers Nuggets coming with the with the MB versus oh, Jokic that would finals. Be so good. I would watch um, every game of that series just for the. You're gonna watch every game of that series no matter what, John. Shut the hell up. You don't know me. <laughs> we'll be we'll be living together by that time. It's gonna be on the TV. I'm gonna be in my room with my laptop muted. So you can't <laughs> tell me that I did. <laughs> John, what are you doing in there? Get the work give done. me the closed door treatment. Uh, don't come in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's winning? I, I, ah, God. I think that would be a great way for Embiid to like showcase that this oh, was his year. If he knocks off Jokic in the finals, that would be that'd be sweet poetic justice and really just making all the writers like eat their words as many times as possible. In yeah. One season. It's like, Oh, it should have been Jokic this entire time. And then he went, he wins the playoffs. Everybody wanted to give it to Jokic. And then he had that really strong push late in the season. They're like, shit, we'll give it to Embiid. Then as soon as the playoffs start, everyone's like, Oh, what did we do? We should have given it to Jokic. If he gets to the finals and just like whoops up on a Jokic in the post. Yeah. That would be, I love Jokic, but it would be pretty sweet yeah. poetic justice for Embiid. Yeah, I I like that. I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna make that call. I'm gonna you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. One of the two things we've said has a one in four chance of happening, so bet on it. Um with that, hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Sound Up Seattle, please feel free to give us a follow on Spotify. Um if you found us, you've obviously found our Spotify and you can give us a follow. Um if you would like to DM us on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. Our account can be found at SoundUpSeattle, all lowercase, all one word. Um, you can find me, Tyler, at Tycart50 on basically everything. That's T-Y-C-A-R-T-5-0. You can find John in his room watching uh, NBA playoff games because that's that's all he's going to be doing for the next little bit. Um, <laughs> it's like, like getting ready for winter for me, you know? <laughs> Building a reserve for the summer. <laughs> He's hibernating for the summer, yeah. <laughs> I like to nap through the heat. <laughs> um, with that, hey, we hope you uh, have a good weekend. This will be coming out Thursday night, hopefully. Maybe maybe it'll be Friday morning. Um, also, congratulations to my brother. He's graduating from Gonzaga this Heck weekend. yeah. Let's go Zags, Yeah, a little, little Zag discussion. Had to get it in there. Another Zag alum. Love to see it. <laughs> I'd also like to shout out Tyler for giving that entire outro off the dome. This man is committed to the craft. I'm a professional, man. I love to see it. I, I need to look at the notes on my hands to remember that it's called Sound Up Seattle. It's like, oh, okay, right. That's the <laughs> He's got that written right on the thumb, just ready to go. I'm going to get that tattooed on my palm <laughs> so I never forget. Um, we're, we're big looking looking ahead to the Kraken. It's yes, going to be yes. a good next couple games, and hopefully. And I know you guys are like, are you teasing us? What's going on? We heard this talk about this amazing draft podcast, and... Yes, we're teasing you. Keep waiting. It's not ready yet. We'll let you know when it is. But in the meantime, getting pumped for Kraken Dallas Game Six in Seattle, big one. And calm down about the Mariners. Well, they're they're you know thirty five games in. Yeah, we'll get better. Yeah, and the Rangers will plummet. Um, for now, go Squids. Go Squids. Hello. <laughs> just just immediately sniffles this. I had time to get it in before you started the intro. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, please.
Don't keep the people Jesus. waiting. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Sound of Seattle podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>